Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Bobby Carpenter will join us in 20 minutes. OutKick 360 rolls on. Second hour is here. Broadcasting live in studio at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine and across the OutKick network. We have uh, plenty of topics to hit, Pac-12 versus Big 12, with the commissioners going back and forth at each other. And we've got uh, Kyler Murray discussion, more of that coming up. Our thanks to Clay and Conrad Thompson for joining us in hour number one. Um, DK Metcalf gets paid. Three-year extension. Um, the most guaranteed money at signing for his position in the history of the position. What, $30 million or a little bit more than that guaranteed at the moment he signed his name and a little over $50 million fully guaranteed on the three-year extension that can reach upwards of the mid-70s, $75 million or so. Um, he joins a lengthy list of wide receivers who have received new money this offseason across the NFL and that was the topic of discussion that Paul got into in his column that's available now at OutKick.com. But there is a big distinction between DK Metcalf and the 16 wide receivers that have extended contracts with their teams or received new contracts elsewhere. Yeah, among uh, top receivers, six, 16, among the 16 top paid guys, they're, uh, uh, sorry, I'm messing up the numbers. So many guys signed this offseason. Uh, 16 he, of the top paid wide receivers have signed this offseason. Right, in an, an annual salary. Now, all of them, though, have some degree of hope, right? Godwin signed, and he's with Tom Brady. So that goes into a department of its own. Adams gets Derek Carr. Cup is with Matthew Stafford. Williams is with Justin Herbert. All in very good situations. Yep. Dolphins acquire Tyreek Hill to try to make Tua Tungavaloa. Eagles trade for A.J. Brown to try to do the same for Jalen Hurts. McLaurin and Moore are retained to be foundational pieces for Washington and Carolina, respectively. You know, the situations are evolving there, but they're staying where they, where they were and they know what they're getting into. Those teams haven't been very good. Jaguars bring Christian Kirk to Jacksonville to help boost Trevor Lawrence. Only one of them have it great. None of them have it as bad as DK Metcalf, who just signed on. He's got the sixth most, he's tied for the sixth most touchdowns through three years, 29 touchdowns in NFL history. And now he's going to Geno. Geno's not keeping him on that pace. So I thought it was just interesting. All these guys are hitting the money. But all of them have some cause for kind of hope. At least the off-season hope. Who's the one team in the league that doesn't have the off-season hope? Seattle, most of all. Now, maybe he gets a quarterback next year. The thing is... Bryce Young is my... Yeah. 
But Houston's got uh, uh, fewer wins from Vegas. They're over under on their win total. Houston could be getting one of those guys ahead of him with Davis Mills. Houston is not favored in a single game right now in Vegas of their entire schedule, week by week, if you wanted to go bet it that way. And the Falcons are also less in the over-under. If if they don't like Desmond Ritter, they're in position to make a move. So Seattle, Metcalf could have just signed up with a team that's got no quarterback this year and would be third in line for a quarterback next year. Though they've got resources from the Russell Wilson trade to, to move up. But if what's what if they're drafting third behind Houston and Atlanta, and Houston and Atlanta both want quarterbacks? They're getting the third quarterback. Yep. Which, here, you know, could be great, but here is where he's not primed to play going forward in this three-year extension, four-year deal with a quarterback like the one he's played with so far. Here is where he is different in a good way than these other guys. Uh, Godwin's tagged, though, right? He's under a franchise tag. No, he signed a deal. He signed a a long-term deal? Um, Sorry, it's 10 of the 16 highest paid signed this offseason. So Metcalf's a free agent again at the age of 27. Yeah, That's where he's much better in much better shape than these other receivers. Uh, Now... I'm saying on paper. And Debo and we're looking, will be next. And we're looking at, um, and Debo's going to be a different circumstance, and I'll get to the details of what San Francisco is going to want different than what Seattle just signed DK for. Same age. Um, the, you know, that we, we could see A.J. Brown released after year two of his contract based on certain guaranteed money that would have already been paid and then salary cap situations and non-guarantees coming to fruition. So he could potentially be a free agent sooner than DK based on this scenario. But I'm saying just contractually, Metcalf's a free agent again at the age of 27, and if it's all about winning the title at that point, he can make that decision. But he gets contract number three at the age of 27 instead of 29 or 30. So that I think that's key number one. And second, I mean, with all of the quarterback movement that we've seen, who is to say that Seattle can't be a player in a trade market or a free agent market a year from now, unlike they were this year, where potentially they have a new head coach. Um, I'll, I'll mention that. But, you know, it, a three-year deal with the situation they're in, even if it is Bryce Young a year from now, it's still a rebuild mode where you get into – you've you got to build up again. How excited you know? is he right now? He's excited he's, about a $30 million signing bonus. He's thrilled. But stepping on the field to catch passes, he and Lockett well, are looking to the huddle, and they're thinking, this is a running defensive team, I mean, and I'm not getting the accurate passes I used to. That That's all well and good. Um, I am on the belief that money drives motivation in pro athletics and pro sports. And he's thrilled today because yesterday he was taking the field. Well, he wasn't he had, taking the field. Yesterday he was taking the field in week one with a chance of getting hurt and affecting his free agent market long term. And today he's not. He's well, got $30 million in the bank and 50, 25 50, more million yeah. coming his way. Guaranteed. I don't disagree that he's thrilled about the contract. But I'm saying once things settle in, and if they're one in three a month in. Oh, yeah. He's thinking, I made a lot of money, but I'm on a bleep team. Yeah, but I think the agent just has to look at him and say, hey, man, you, you're going to cash in again at age 27. 
and we can regroup and revisit where you want to go play and which quarterback and you want to play you win your for. championship then. But Hypothetically. Yeah. I mean, we just... It's funny, you know, Clay brought up the Charles Barkley quote about it's amazing how God always picks the team or tells them to go to the team that offers the most money. And Deshaun Watson, after ruling out Cleveland, Cleveland came back to the table and said, we're going to give you a guaranteed richest contract of all time. Doesn't mind the wind And suddenly, anymore. Deshaun Watson acts like, well, you know, Cleveland's the place to go to win. So I'm, I'm going to go there. And I don't mind there. that wind. Yeah, I mean, it's about money. It's not about winning. Yeah. He got his contract, so he's happy. I mean, I get what you're saying, Paul. He's, I wouldn't be that excited to catch passes from Geno Smith or Drew Locke, but if you get the contract you want, you don't care. Right. And I don't think he really but cares. These, these nine other guys all got better situations than he did. Yes. And, and money. Yeah. Well, they were lucky enough to be drafted or signed in a situation that was better. He's and, on the team that drafted him. That's in a terrible quarterback situation right well, now. Well, and I mean, he's the so it's the only one he could re up with at this time. Yeah, and the franchise controlled his rights for, through franchise tags and things like that. So if you're under the assumption that they're not going to let you get away, even if you wanted to, get the guaranteed money now and just see it through as best you can. Um, so thirty million at signing—that's the most ever for the wide receiver uh, position. They have, as a franchise, this even goes back to the two contracts that Russell Wilson signed with them. They do not fully guarantee the second year of the contract. Um, So that second year would be 2023 for Metcalf. And, you know, that was the big thing. Russell Wilson did not receive a fully guaranteed second year. Now, they're getting things up front, and they're maneuvering money around to make certain financial things work out for the player. But that reportedly, that was the big holdup with Metcalf and Seattle. In comparing the two players, Metcalf and Debo Samuel, Seattle was perfectly fine giving Metcalf the three-year money. San Francisco, in their most recent examples, uh, most recent examples were George Kittle, and Fred Warner, they have signed their, their players, their drafted players, to five-year extensions. They have tried to max out as best they can the, the players they want to keep under contract, where you may become the highest-paid player. Kittle's the highest-paid tight end in the league. For how long, though? I mean, the next contract, the next big guy to come available always supersedes the highest paid guy and they try to lock in the player longer than three years so which is a, a interesting approach yeah and so, somewhat different and that's what the, the the Niners do that meanwhile you've got Seattle going the short-term route and so the question I would ask is is Debo Samuel willing to re-up for a five-year a four or five-year deal and become a free agent later than what DK Metcalf just signed up for and both end up getting paid now so that's that may be the holdup in San Francisco that's where he's looking for something more short-term than what San Francisco's offering. Also, it's interesting, the agent had three of the four guys who were controversial this year, right? A.J. Brown, yeah. Debo um, Samuel. D.K. Metcalf, and, and Samuel. Debo Samuel. So yeah. Samuel's last. We'll see where that puts him. Not that everybody's not doing great. And this deal lines up Metcalf exactly with Stefan Diggs in terms of average 24 million which is tied for 6th which feels right Tyreek Hill 
Devontae Adams, this is the new guys, are one and two. Cooper Cup is four. A.J. Brown is five. Matt Calf is six. McLaurin so, is eight. The uh, DJ Moore, by the way, who signed first and is probably the worst of the bunch, is ninth. But he went first. He got that big check up front, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was he was buying cars and a house for mom yeah. and everything before anybody uh, while everybody else was stressing out. Um, and what he didn't know at the time was that it was going to go crazy. That it was going to go crazy. And then you, if he did know that, he's also his agents also trying to figure out. Do the teams call their bluff and make them pl play or not? And it turns out they didn't. Look, there's an advantage to every, everywhere everybody went. You know, so, the, the one guy who had it the easiest is Cooper Cup. Yeah, that, <laughs> because of who you are, what you well, did, and the team you're with. And then the Rams had it easy because Cooper Cup did not pull Any, top wide receiver in the league type money. And you he's know, making $26.7 million. Slightly behind Hill and Adams, which there is where he belongs. are four wide receivers taken outside of the first round from the 2019 draft that have received a ton of money this offseason. A.J. Brown, four years, $100 million. D.K. Metcalf just got paid three years, $72. I'm, go I'm going full contract reports here. Uh, Terry McLaurin, three years, $71 million. And Hunter Renfro tacked on two years for $32 million. We're still waiting on Debo Samuel, who's out of that same draft. And I believe Deontay Johnson is also in that draft. Um, Hollywood Brown, I believe, was from that draft. He was just traded to Arizona. There is uh, quite the crop of highly paid young talent that will become free agents again two or three years before the age of 30 to cash back in yet again. There's no telling the type of money they're about you to just receive hope for, uh, five years from now with the more TV money that enters the league. Yeah, and most of these guys are still signing, uh, the, the ones you're talking about, will still have their speed at the age you're talking about. You don't want to be too close to 30. You know, People start to talk themselves out of you at a big number close to 30. But if you're talking 27, 28, uh, and you're still producing, you're going to have a good chance. Except... We've talked about this, and we'll see what happens. Is there a flood of great receivers coming in in every draft that make you say, hey, DK Metcalf's great, but at that rate, I've drafted two good receivers since DK Metcalf came into the league, and I'm paying them, you know, in the hundreds of thousands or two million range, and I can just keep doing that. And, and like Chad, you've, you've said before, does it become running back? This is one of the more fascinating storylines to me over the next – Say if it works years. for the Titans Over and the it doesn't work years. out for the Eagles, that's a good example of someone else may see that and well, say, Packers we, could be that, we could be that team. Packers and, and Chiefs, if they can right. replace Adams and Hill. But, you know, you're all – I really think it's going to be a 50-50 proposition because then you're going to have the other so – Tyreek Hill could go to Miami and light it up. Yeah. And then you're going to say that the Chiefs take a step back and suddenly, oh, well, they should have signed well, their guy and not dealt him. Hud has so raised it's gonna, this, too. it's going to go back and forth with it. Hud has raised this, too. You know, which one do you have on a rookie deal, your quarterback or your receiver? Or do you go all out and pay both of them as veterans? Or do you go all cheap and pay both of them as rookies and then, you know, you, you have all the money in the world to be the highest paid defense? They're all different ways you can go. Puzzle pieces. We will discuss the defensive side of the NFL when we come back. Bobby Carpenter about to join us. We'll tell you the odds of Defensive Player of the Year 
how Vegas sees it. And we'll get Bobby's take on who he would place his money with right now going into the regular season and why. Plus, Tyreek Hill said yesterday that opposing secondaries are scared blankless about defending both he and Waddle at the same time. I think I didn't say Tua. He didn't say Tua. He and Waddle. Opposing secondaries are scared. You know what? We'll get Bobby's take on exactly what that means and the pressure on the secondaries now. And I'll ask him about the pairing of either wideouts or a wideout and a running back or dynamic duos. That was the toughest to defend and actually had the defense's attention whenever he was in the NFL. That's next to now kick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Our thanks to Conrad Thompson, Clay Travis for joining us. Clay was in a great spot. He just got off the golf course, but I don't know if anyone violin. is beating the spot that Bobby Carpenter joins us from right now. Uh, from the lake. From the Norris Lake. Look at that On guy. a floating home. Bobby Carpenter on Outkick 360. Good to see you, Bobby. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on. Excited to be a part of this thing. I mean, I've I've never been to Norris Lake, but it is a beautiful swath, not all that far east from you guys. And I know it's not Cumberland, which probably most people from Nashville go to, but it's my first time down here, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Nobody's on the Cumberland. Yeah, uh, we no one no one uh, touches the Cumberland. Let's put it that way. Um, we, I, I joked earlier in the show that this was part of your payment. The 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 house uh, on the on the lake, part of your payment for filling in for Chad in Knoxville. You just that. couldn't get enough of East Tennessee, is what I'm hearing when I when I see this setup. You came down in the fall and you said, "I got I got to come back." So it's amazing. That's what we we're driving down here, and I told my wife, I'm "Like the last time I drove down here was when we came down to go to Knoxville, I believe, for the Knoxville Bama game when I was filling in for you, Chad, and you were out at some well, wedding or something, galloping around the country." So. It's beautiful. My wife is from, you know, right on the river in southern Ohio. It's not all that far. It's amazing how many Ohio State fans are down here. And I guess if you're from the Cincinnati region or southern part of Ohio, pretty darn close. So 
it's a, it's an awesome spot. The river, the lake is beautiful. The trees, the topography, like it, it is absolutely fantastic. Bobby Carpenter, our guest. Um, I was looking at FanDuel last night, Bobby, and just looking at the defensive player of the year odds. Aaron Donald is always going to be in the discussion. He, he, not just defensive player of the year. Some would say he's the best player in the league uh, based on the dominance that he has from his position. But as you scan through the names, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, the list goes on. Is there a name that stands out to you that you would put right there with Aaron Donald as legitimately position taken out of it, best player in the NFL on defense? Well, and it's tough when you start talking about defensive player of the year stuff. Like a lot of that comes in where you need to be a player on a team that's going to be in contention, that's going to be on a lot of nationally televised games. I mean, obviously coming off the Super Bowl, Aaron Donald is there. I like Micah Parsons. I mean, when you can rush the passer and, you know, you start looking at the type of edge players that he emulates and you start looking at guys like Khalil Mack. Like, I think Parsons has a lot of that with maybe a little more athleticism. So I really like Micah Parsons. Max Crosby's another guy that I think, you know, could be in the mix. You know, you start talking about teams that can maybe score some points. I think the Raiders, Devontae Adams, can score points. And what that does is it puts your pass rushers in a situation where they're going to be able to rush probably 60 to 65% of the time. And in doing that, that's what allows you to have those sacks. That's what allows you to have those big numbers. So, you know, Micah Parsons, if Dallas can score a lot, Max Crosby, you know, you look at uh, Chandler heading over there as well. Like on the other side, like you have dual guys coming off both sides. So there's there's some good options, especially out there out west. Bosa comes to mind, Nick Bosa, because of the contract year. He's got $10 million plus coming his way this year uh, and guarantees, but I like any player in a contract year over not being in the final year of a deal or the chance to get the big-time extension a few months from now. Uh, he's a, he's another one that I would throw out there just simply based on the money that's coming his way. I, I would agree with that. The big question for them is going to be, how good is Trey Lance? Yeah. And they have a great defense, but they've got to be able to score points because pass rushers, let's face it, like the only time you get to rush the pass rushers when teams are in third and long or even in a better situation when they're trailing by two scores. So if Trey Lance ends up being the real deal, all of a sudden Nick Bosa, he's going to look a lot better to people when in the fourth quarter they're leading by 17 or 14 points and he's able to put the gas down. So if Trey Lance is as advertised, which we believe that he's going to be, that will be the differentiating factor for the Niners and probably the differentiating factor from Nick Bosa from probably having eight or nine sacks to potentially having 14 plus. Tyreek Hill's talking more than he ever has throughout his football career this offseason and, and already to start camp. And uh, in Miami, when he's not talking about Tua, he's talking about his pairing with Jalen Waddell, where he said uh, yesterday to the media that opposing secondaries, and I can't say the exact quote because we're on radio, opposing secondaries are scared about him and Waddell. Um, do you think they actually are based on the speed? I think there's a lot of speed there, and I do believe that there's big play capability, but so much of it is going to come down to Tua and how accurate he is. And if he's the guy that we saw at Alabama that can distribute the ball, they've given him all the weapons he needs in Miami. There is nothing else that he could potentially have. You know, Gusecki, I believe, is on a franchise tag. 
They've got the tight end. They've got the wide receivers. Their offensive line is good. Defensively, they're pretty good. They're going to have a good running game. I mean, let's be honest. You know, the New England Patriots, like, they've got Mac Jones, like, good player. You've got Buffalo. I mean, the Jets probably aren't going to be great. But, like, there's a chance there in the AFC East to be able to make some noise. And they're going to be in some primetime situations. But he's got to go out there and produce. So, for me, when you start talking about, you know, Tyreek Hill, how good he is, Jalen Waddle, how good he is, it's going to come down to Tua Tungavailoa. And is he the guy that we thought he could be out of Alabama? Because everybody thought he was going to be the number one overall pick. He had the hip injury. He's been okay. He hasn't been bad. I'm not going to sit here and bury him in the tank. But this season, if he's not really good and doesn't make significant strides, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to look to probably move on. It's also the third day of camp for most teams, Bobby. Is it fair to say on the third day of camp, there are very few teams in the league, probably zero, who are thinking about their three divisional opponents. They're installing their stuff. They're starting to amp up. They've got a day off, two days away. I, I, I cover the Tennessee Titans. Nobody with the Titans today is thinking about the Colts, the Texans, or the Jaguars in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely not. I mean, when you start in training camp, it's, hey, let's worry about us. How good can we be? What do we ultimately need to do to be able to have success? And so Mike Vrabel's the king of that. So they're going to put in their things. They're going to sit there put in their base packages. They're going to put in their red zone. They're going to do short yardage. They're going to do goal line. They're going to do two-minute. They're going to do special situations. You don't – you worry about your division opponents a lot, but that comes usually after about seven, eight, nine days when all of a sudden the teams you play twice – you start diving in and saying, hey, what do they do really well? What do they struggle with? Let's dive in. Let's really hone in on those things to make sure that we can find a way to win at least four or five, possibly six of those division games and put ourselves in the best situation. But that, days three, four, and five, I always look at training camp. Paul is kind of a hurdle because that's when you, it's like old enough that it's not fresh anymore. It's kind of like being married. I mean, you know, the first couple months, maybe year is great. But then after a while, it's like, all right, we're settling in. Like, hey, man, do I really like the people I'm with? Do I like the person that I'm married to? Do I love playing sports? Do I love playing football? Like all of those questions you have to begin to ask yourself. And so between days three and five, that is when the grind starts to set in. And so that's what they're going to start seeing right now. Bobby Carpenter uh, has all the women watching questioning their marriages based on uh, the shirtless yeah. uh, video <laughs> that he's showing us right now. Norris Lake. I, um, so is there a duo, going back to the, the Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill discussion, is there a duo that you remember your, your entire defense really game planning for throughout your career? And uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be two wide outs. It could be a wide out tight end combo wide out, running back combo. Is there a group that comes to mind that would be similar to what Hill is trying to describe? Well, I'll tell you this. Like one of the toughest things, especially for me as a linebacker, I mean, this is with the success of the spread offense and everything that we've seen over the last 15 years. And I've been out for heck 10 years now. But one of the first guys to do it at a really high level was Sean Payton. It's like, you know what? We don't need to go pay those guys on the outside big money. I'm going to get good slot receivers. I'm going to be get, get good tight ends. I'm going to get good running backs. And I'm going to put the linebackers and safeties in peril. So you can go pay Darrell Revis $15, 16000000 million, Jalen Ramsey, pay those guys all you want. I'm going to find your worst cover guys. And so for me, I, when we played the Saints, it was always Jimmy Graham 
and Darren Sproles. Mm. One guy's six eight basketball player. The other guy, I think he actually lived in the land of Oz. He was like one of the little midgets. <laughs> and I love, I love Darren Sproles. I say that with all due respect because I talk, I, you know, I, I do a tiny. show with Jacob Hester. Oh, tiny dude. Tiny doesn't describe him. He sees five six, and he doesn't slow down when he cuts. He is one of the best and most underappreciated running backs ever in NFL history. And so I sit there and I look at our safeties. And, you know, I was with Dallas, the other linebacker, and said, "All right, who wants the tall guy? Who wants the short guy?" It's like, I'll press up Jimmy Graham. I don't want to get a jump ball situation with him because he'll just dunk on you. Darren Sproles, you got to sit there and just pat your feet, pat your feet, pat your feet. And wait for him to make a move because the dude will run around you. He doesn't have to slow down. And so Sean Payton worked that to perfection, knowing that you couldn't double both. That was his thing. Like, if you're going to try to, you can't double both those guys because then you're singling up everybody on the outside. And they had some really, really talented receivers. And so that was really the the changing, I think, in, of offensive football, where it's like instead of working at outside two receivers, we're going to look at our our slot receiver, our tight end, and our running back, and how can we get them matched up on their nickel, their safety, and their linebacker? Who are you going to double? Drew Brees will find who's singled, and hopefully you can hang on for a couple, you know, two or three seconds. Bobby, let's talk a little college football. I love a nice back and forth between conferences. So after the Big 12 and Brett Yormark, their new uh, commissioner, announced, hey, we're open for business. We're about to go shopping. Well, George Klievkoff, the commissioner of the Pac-12 today, was asked about that statement from the Big 12 about they're open for business. And his response was, quote, I appreciate that, but we haven't decided if we're going shopping there yet or not into the Big 12. And he went on and said a lot more about taking grenades from the Big 12 left and right, and it's time we start throwing some back. Uh, I love this. I know the Pac-12 is wounded, having lost two teams. But when you look at TV numbers, I think you got to get to fifth or sixth down the list of Pac-12 schools to find the first current Big 12 school that ranks as high as Pac-12 schools in TV ratings. And it's all about the next media deal. So is Klievkoff negotiating from some level of strength with TV networks in this whole deal? You know, he might be. Like, There's a ton of people, obviously, on that side of the country, but I don't know how many people truly care about football. And you remove UC- USC and UCLA – you obviously have Oregon, you have Washington. Like, there's there's some pretty good opportunities there. But, I mean, I think I look at the regions that the Pac-12 inhabits versus the regions the Big 12 inhabits, and I feel like people care much more about football in those regions of the country. And so I, I love that the fact that this has gone full WWE, that Yormark and Klyadkov, both two guys who are non-traditional athletic directors coming up and becoming commissioners, like they came through the media realm, they did not come through traditional academia, so they don't care at all, man. They're getting after it. They're going, they're trying to be as aggressive as they ultimately can be. Because let's be honest, folks, one of those conferences is going to get eaten by the other. And so make no mistake, there's no loyalty among thieves. And we talk a lot about Utah, Colorado, the two Arizonas, like the western port or the eastern portion of the Pac-12. I guarantee you they've talked to the Big 12. They've made overtures. The Pac-12, they've probably talked to some of the schools on the western reaches of the Big 12. They're trying to figure something out because everybody's in a fight for survival. Because I'll tell you this, gentlemen, if both of those conferences merge in some shape or fashion, 
Klyakov or Yormark, one of those men won't have a job. So it's Game of Thrones right now. Those guys are fighting for survival and everything they can do. I want to get in the habit of asking you historical questions about your career. And so uh, I'm wondering what's the best prank that you ever witnessed or maybe were a part of during your pro career or college? So there's a lot of different stuff. And here it's amazing. I tell guys, you know, people on the time, all the time in the media, like guys in the NFL, they're basically college guys. They just have money. And so they find ways and just waste dollars just to try to put one over their teammates. Whether it was, I think, I believe it was Chris Long who dumped crickets in James Florinitis' yes. car in St. Louis. Yes. Oh, dude, it, it ruined. He had A7. It ruined it, man. There was dead crickets back there. James goes, I had him go through. They said they had died behind the dash. They could not get the smell out. He goes, I oh. just bought it. They're like, they'll give me. You know, forty grand because I just paid like eighty five, eighty eight thousand oh. dollars or whatever this car was. Oh, dude, it's like a month old, and they took that. I've had guys who was you know, long apologetic on that. Oh no, dude, Chris doesn't care. <laughs> he, he didn't care. He laughed about it. He's like, "You want me to buy you a new car?" Like, and like he goes, "Why don't you just be better and then you'll you'll get a better contract?" Like, Chris would have <laughs> taken care of it, but he wants you to beg for it. That's the thing. Like, and he's a good dude. Chris Long is a great guy, but I've had guys that. They roll back the sunroof at practice. They'll have one of the guys in the training room or equipment room go fill it with packing peanuts. But honestly, probably the best one ever is that was in Dallas. Because offensive linemen, folks, they're ruthless. Gentlemen, they are awful. And so Marco Rivera, who played a number of years uh, for the Green Bay Packers, came down, played a couple years with the Cowboys at the end. You know, he was like the ringleader of all these pranks. And so he has a big barbecue at his house. And there's like a handful of guys that get together, offensive linemen. And, you know, I used to get invited to a lot of the offensive stuff, but Witten's there, Romo, everybody, we're hanging out. And two of the other offensive linemen, they go into his bedroom and they get like one of his family pictures. And one of the dudes strips down naked, lays in his bed, like <laughs> does the Burt Reynolds crossover and then puts like the family picture like beside his face. <laughs> And, like, puts his finger over the, uh, Marco's face. And they take a picture of it. And then, like, later that night, they I think this, like, iPhones had just started coming out. So they sent it to people on phones. But then they emailed it to everybody. And he's like, dude, you had your naked ass in my bed with my family picture beside of you while I'm in my house outside cooking on the grill, making food for you. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> like, the fact that they went through all that and they never got caught. And then in retribution to that, one of the guys who was involved, and I know, gentlemen, everybody's got that friend that sends them the text messages that have, like, the dirty jokes, the, the, the horrible gifts. Inappropriate all photos, all of those. They go yes. through the whole catalog. The stuff yeah. that you're like, 100%. Dude. Everyone's like, Jacob Swanson. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's Jacob Swanson, exactly. <laughs> and so Marco goes into one of these guys' phones, takes his name and then puts it on the gentleman's sister's phone number. And so every time he's texting, that stuff goes to his sister. And so she's texting him back like, dude, you're sick. And he's like, you love it. You want me to keep texting me? And eventually she calls him. She's like, dude, what is wrong with you? And he's like, oh, hell. He finally figured out. He's like, oh, that son of a gun. That is great. You love it. Oh, yeah. You love it. It's great. It's great until your sister's getting donkey shows and all kinds of stuff. And you're saying terrible, dirty things to her. And she now thinks you're a full-on degenerate.
Oh, hey, amazing. You, you mentioned... Uh, Can we get him on the show, please? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Chris Long and Laronidas. Like, uh, that was the era of, of Jeff Fisher in yeah. St. Louis. He I let mean, stuff happen. He was all about it. Um, if you, As long as you did not prank him, and you wanted, but you needed a certain access to a team facility for someone else to come in and you know build a shed around someone's car with a lock on it, um, he... He was all about facilitating that access. Not so much anymore for a lot of teams, it seems like. Well, if Ravens gets a little bit, a lot of the older school guys understand. And Belichick told us, he goes, listen, we're not going to do anything that's going to be like detrimental, that's going to cost like tons of dollars, all these things. But I will say this, like Bill, because it was right on the fringe, 2012, my last year, and he goes, there's a certain initiation process where it's it, – you know, everybody goes through it, and that's what builds team camaraderie. And so, like, those guys, they're all good friends. Like, you may hate them for a day or a week, and, like, you know, their wives are angry at it. But at the end of the day, like, dude, all right, here you go. Here's, you know, a bottle of wine, whatever you need. And that's the stuff where you know you can trust somebody because you've done stuff to them. They've done stuff to you. Basically, like, everybody's in the same club, and you realize that that's how it works. And so, like, those things are really important. And so I know that they don't really do it anymore. They don't want to promote that stuff. But I'm going to tell you this, man. Like, that, that is an insanely important part of any tight-knit community of understanding, like, the family bonds of, hey, we can do this to each other. It's a little bit, you know, Animal House. Like, you can't talk to our pledges like that. Only we can do that to our pledges. And that's essentially kind of what it comes down to. Bobby Carpenter. At Norris Lake, jumping, uh, cliff diving, based on the video uh, he sent me. And oh, here you go. Yeah, go ahead and give us the view. He's walking oh, out on the houseboat okay. right now, which is uh, fam, the fam is out there. They're ready to go. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful scene. Yeah, it Atta looks boy. like uh, th- this is Instagram worthy. You know, you see the Instagram <laughs> post versus real life. This is the Instagram version. Back of in what a nice like cove, it looks like also yeah. where you got the the boat parked. It's perfect yeah my, enjoy my visit to the lake would you know be sludge and right. yeah uh, get stuck in the weeds. trees all over the place in the middle of the lake meanwhile uh, it looks like uh there's chlorine in the water there i'd have uh, one of those so troller clear. motors behind me i got a yeah. drop in the water just to get going <laughs> uh bobby enjoy it man we appreciate the time and the dedication to the show as always no matter where you uh dial us in from i'm paul chad man thanks for having me on you guys enjoy it. i'm loving it man it's been good yeah, enjoy man. you deserve there it is Bobby you know, carpenter you know as i said a lot of people from ohio are down there on the lake i noticed a lot of people from ohio and yeah. gatlinburg when i was there yes notice how it doesn't reverse that way you no. don't have a lot of people from tennessee visiting ohio i That's, just want to throw that out there yeah i don't think he walks around columbus says you know i met a lot of people from tennessee up here vacationing but yet they come down they come to tennessee to East Tennessee and to our lovely state to visit, there may be a reason for that. They uh, Cleveland's a great place. To we're, visit. we're certainly yeah, Cleveland's not bad. They're they're certainly not going to date. No, <laughs> that's no. You guys never forgive dating for those so couple gray. days. Just gray and gloomy. <laughs> Let's you look at the forecast. I'm, I'm going to look so up dating right now just to see what the forecast is. They went is. to My the first is, four and they came back and they swore off a of date. Today life. in Dayton, Ohio, I'm going to guess it is 78 degrees uh-huh. and cloudy. Uh, not partly cloudy, just cloudy and 78 with I a bet mist you it's in the 90. air. It is right in the middle. I mean, directly in the middle. It is 84. You said 78, you said 90. Yeah. And it is partly cloudy. Ah. <laughs> These two flies in long. here are. Uh, no. Yeah, we need the we flies. We got to do out the Walter here. White treatment. 
I mean, I, I feel like... Uh, We're shutting the whole place down until we get these two flies. I, I'm we'll watching, be back after that. <laughs> I'm watching Westworld, and part of the plot is flies going into humans' uh, orifices on their face and taking over. And there's one fly that I feel like is trying to get in my nose. Just over and over. It's trying to fly right up my Breathe nose. Breathe It's amazing. It's going to happen on air if, uh, if we don't uh, remove this fly from Earth yeah, we'll during the next insane. five minutes. We'll all be standing and walking around. All right, show's over. <laughs> all right, see you guys. Great, great week. Thanks. Good week on the Thanks, show. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Yep. Don't got, block the box. No, we've got kidding. news from across the NFL um, and reaction to Julio, uh, Julio Jones and his first practice First two practices in Tampa. Hero worship. We've got that straight ahead coming up on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Austin Price, VolQuest.com, will join us in 10 minutes. Outkick 360 rolls on. We've got uh, Pac-12 and Big 12 commissioners going back and forth. A&M hosting a five-star quarterback. We'll tell you who and much more. Davey Hudson, uh, good news in the studio. Got one of the two flies. It's good news. It's not great Oh, I did not get it. Oh. Dylan walked in and just started oh. knocking out. Well, that's good. How long well has Dylan, Dylan been here, by the way? Yeah, just, All day. He's been here the whole show? Yeah. Wow. He's been here the entire Silent day. Dylan. Because of this camera in front of me, I had no clue who's even in the room. Yeah. I've never felt for a room that where everyone is connected, I've never felt more disconnected from really? everyone in the studio. There's something well, my, odd about that camera is a Yeah, the it's, it's a, I don't it's know. A, it's a room that's cut in half, let's be honest. And by design. Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's like I don't the cameras just block everything away. Well, let's just say to the fellas on the other side of this divided room. Yeah, seven feet away from good it. news, but it's not great news. <laughs> and we're looking for great news. And great news is two corpses of flies, two not flies. one. Two flies. That's what we're looking great for. Great job, Dylan, though. Good, yeah. good, that's Dylan's a good start. Dylan's done his part. There are two of you over there who can match Dylan. Julio Jones has done his part. He's practiced two days. In Tampa, big. Uh, and this is I mean, he, he was reminiscent. And I, look, I, I I do want to say on the front end, Julio Jones was the second coming uh, in Nashville a year ago at this time uh, because he was also making one-handed grabs in the back left corner of an end zone in practice number two. He was. Um, that's exactly what he did on a pass from Tom Brady. And of course, I mean, the the reaction is a glowing. This guy looks incredible. And it's not just the... I'm not speaking of the Tampa media. I mean, the coaches are referring to that as well, saying that he looks darn good, you know, for a player that was on the street. He's on the street because his, his soft tissue injuries are more than just a one-time thing, and his hamstring is in tatters right now. I, I mean, it's just... It's not a good... 
uh, combination for position and soft tissue injuries that continue to happen. And it's only a matter of time before they pop back up. It was practice number four, if I'm remembering correctly, where he couldn't land in the back of the end zone without pulling the hamstring that started <laughs> the thing. I, I'm serious. I think I know, it was practice number four. Here's the thing that bugs me, and I think it should bug people in general. People in Nashville were pretty enthusiastic when he got here last year, certainly during training camp. Oh, they but traded when they a made, second-round pick for him. But I when mean, they made yeah. the trade... Yeah. nationally there was some doubt oh this guy was pretty hurt his last season in atlanta this is a roll of the dice now they, they but, traded they traded for him you're right instead of signing him for nothing yeah. but this is the difference between the blessing of the holy water that comes from tom brady and just a regular old organization like the titans because the titans got criticized for a go for it move granted they gave up something and the Bucks are celebrated like they're geniuses. And what he has done in the meantime is had a second season of injuries. Yes. And there's no doubt that comes with the Tampa Bay move, whereas well, there was a ton of doubt that came with the Titans move. Because they, well, they traded a second-round pick. Yeah. The Bucks gave I up understand. nothing. What, what is it worth to them? If, he, if well, he's healthy, he plays, and contributes, great. And what they're getting him for, the He's, Titans gave a blood, but also. But still, when you the, see a guy who's going Titans to inevitably being, be hurt, I don't remember the Titans being criticized when they made the move. There was some national they criticism were, that they this were guy is going praised to be hurt. for making that move. It feels like to me the reaction. Maybe locally, I remember locally, yes, nationally. Uh, well, yeah, nationally, the, the headlines were they just they just traded for a future Hall of Fame wideout for a second round pick. That's all that. Yeah, that Atlanta could get for him, like that. That was initially the response, and then he just, you know, he Unwrapped. played every now. And but the, the response in Atlanta was, we just received a second round pick for scraps. Yeah, for a guy who for can't a, a, a get a great on the field. player who is no longer at that level, not because of his talent, but because of his body breaking down. And we saw it on the front end, and we're saying, the media in Atlanta was saying. It's not a good situation for the Tennessee Titans that it's being made out to be. And that now they're the two teams saying that. Now they're two markets the, saying um, The thing about Tampa, though, is Brady. My big criticism of Ryan Tannehill a year ago, set right here in October and November after the injury, and said Tannehill is not making the players around him better. No, he did not. They have to play up to a certain level, and Tannehill will then play up to a certain level. Brady's the opposite. He makes him better. There'll be a rookie left tackle. They're going to move to center, and it will work out because Tom Brady's going to make it work. At he least that's it. the perception. Yeah, he made a D3 quarterback into a play. And it, can they make Julio Jones into Gronk and what he was able to do over the final stretch of the playoff run? Well, his body won't hold together. Maybe not. Headlines next, but now Kick360 with Austin Price. <laughs> 